next on the 5 o'clock report. Clock changing is linked to higher rates of stroke, depression, and sleep disorders. Right here, right now, and forever. Save our economy and save our allies overseas. Lack of electricity and heating this winter. What do we want? Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Tracy Lynn. It's crunch time for political candidates across the nation. President Biden spending time rallying in California today, speaking on the importance of voting in the midterms. It's going to determine not what happens just next year and the next couple of years. It's going to determine the direction of the country for at least a decade or more. Not a joke. Former President Trump speaking in Iowa last night, dropping a hint about his 2024 plans. I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very Mr. Trump next heads to Pennsylvania on behalf of his endorsed Republican U.S. Senate candidate, Dr. Mehmet Oz. The latest monthly jobs report beating expectations, yet the unemployment rate is on the rise. Bank rates, Mark Hambrick. This October employment report is more of a mixed bag than what we've seen recently, consistent with an economy. Absorbing this year's interest rate increases, a strong dollar, high inflation, and challenges confronting the global economy. The unemployment rate rose to 3.7%. Daylight saving time ends this weekend when we set our clocks back an hour. Scott McFarland says efforts continue to make daylight saving time a year-round thing. The U.S. Senate in March unanimously approved a plan to make daylight saving time permanent, which means Washington is tantalizingly close to putting an end to spring forward and fall back for Jen Schaefer, a Virginia teacher and mom of twin daughters. I dread it. It's definitely going to throw a curveball at us. The House Energy Committee has released testimony that clock changing is linked to higher rates of stroke, depression, and sleep disorders. But one of the panel's top Republicans, Fred Upton of Michigan, said the House doesn't have the votes to make a change. Worried permanent daylight saving time would put school buses in the dark. Elon Musk says Twitter has suffered a massive drop in revenue. Correspondent Matt Bigler. Some of Twitter's advertisers are not taking any chances. According to the Wall Street Journal, General Mills, Audi, and Pfizer are part of a growing list of companies pausing their Twitter ads. Musk insists content moderation policies have not changed. He says activists are, quote, trying to destroy free speech in America. Defense maneuvers overseas. South Korea says it spotted 180 North Korean warplanes today. NBC's Raf Sanchez. Historically high tensions between North and South Korea escalating again. South Korea scrambling 80 fighter jets, including F-35s, responding to North Korea's launch of a swarm of military aircraft overnight. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. We are focused on making sure that nobody attacks South Korea, and we're committed to that. Our commitment is ironclad, and we're also committed to deterring anyone from using a nuclear device. North Korea launched dozens of missiles this week, including a nuclear-capable ICMB, yet Japan says it looks like that launch test was a failure. A group of seven nations committing to support Ukraine's efforts to defend its energy infrastructure. After a two-day meeting of G7 foreign ministers in Germany, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said today the nations will create a new coordination group to help prepare, restore, and defend Ukraine's energy grid. Blinken says Russian President Vladimir Mayor Putin has, quote, brutalized Ukraine's infrastructure. The diplomats fear the attacks will result in lack of electricity and heating this winter, putting Ukrainians in danger of freezing to death. That's Christopher Cruz. Meanwhile, the Church of England reaches out to young people. Michael Harrington reports. Anglican leaders are partnering with the ministry Youthscape on a $1.5 million project designed to bring millennials and Gen Z back to the pews. 
Youthscape spokesman Chris Curtis says, quote, Young people have so much to bring to the life of the church, and we hope our work will be part of our shared vision to grow younger. Poll after poll indicate that England's youth are quitting the church, driving membership down sharply. And the tale of two cities. The Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated after a 29-17 victory over the Houston Texans on Thursday night football. The Eagles dominated the second half. Philadelphia is now 8-0 for the first time in the franchise's 90-year history. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros are just one game away from winning baseball's World Series. Houston edged the Phillies 3-2 in Game 5 last night. The Phillies will look to force a winner-take-all Game 7 when the series shifts back to Houston on Saturday night. Still to come this Friday, the battle for governor in New York, protesting in PA, and the kindness of neighbors. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A balmy start to the weekend is upon us with high pressure set to deliver fair skies tonight and some sunshine tomorrow. For the night tonight, partly cloudy, mild and pleasant. Low temperatures in most areas will stay above 50. Tomorrow, warm and becoming breezy with partial sunshine. High temperatures, upper 60s to the mid-70s. Cloudy tomorrow night into Sunday morning, couple of showers. Some sun later Sunday with high temperatures then in the 60s to near 70. Thank you, Kevin. Now for more what's happening where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. The eyes of the nation are on the U.S. Senate race in PA between Democrat John Fetterman. I'm the only candidate in this race that actually had hands-on kinds of experience against fighting against crime. And GOP candidate Mehmet Oz speaking at a recent rally in Lackawanna County. I believe we can have an all of the above energy policy to save our environment and save our economy and save our allies overseas. Rallies are planned this weekend in Philadelphia and the Pittsburgh area. They'll include President Biden and former presidents Barack Obama and Donald Trump. New York's gubernatorial candidates out in full force today. <laughs> nice, nice to see nice you. Nice to see you too. Okay. Governor Hochul in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. People want to know that she's involved and it helps. It shows she shows her face to the community. We're part of the community. You know, it's we're all the same. We're all one people. GOP Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. We need to take back our streets, which is why law enforcement is strongly supporting Lee Zeldin. And, you know, Kathy Hochul has absolutely no solutions. She had an opportunity to repeal failed bail reform and she didn't do it. We get more on the race from Paul DeCastro. Governor Hochul continues to hammer Republican challenger Lee Zeldin's opposition to abortion rights. We will protect the right to an abortion in this state right here, right now and forever. Meanwhile, Zeldin drew a big crowd at a rally in Albany. He continues to slam Hochul on crime and safety. We are going to declare a crime emergency here in the state of New York. Some polls show Zeldin cutting into the governor's lead. Early voting in New York ends on Sunday. More than 100 Penn State students, faculty, and community members armed with signs like we are better than this and make racism wrong again rallied near the steps of Old Main calling for racial justice. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? This comes as a school decided to cancel plans for its own Center for Racial Justice. The facility was recommended more than a year ago by an internal Penn State committee and the university elected to move forward until President Neely Bendapudi publicly announced last week it had decided to change course. Bendapudi took the helm at Penn State in May. Some say a Center for Racial Justice would divide rather than unite the student body. Next at 5, Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional 
personal freedoms. And Michael Gear with the Pennsylvania Family Institute are keeping a close eye on the races and issues you care about ahead of next week's midterm election. Jason, early voting has been going on for nearly a week now in New York. Is there any proof that allowing people more time to vote will increase the risk for fraud or abuse? You know, I think there's more concern over what it allows political parties to do. Democrats have been involved in ballot harvesting already, uh, sending out applications pre-filled. You know, they're choosing to vote absentee because of fear of contracting COVID. It allows them more time to check the rolls, see who's voted, and then literally bust people in or pick up those ballots. And so it becomes not so much a stolen election in the sense that, you know, people traditionally think, but there is some rigging of the election, if you will, and it chides it for one party. Yeah. Uh, the Pence Pennsylvania Supreme Court this week, uh, Michael, uh, made a major ruling. All the mail-in ballots must be properly dated and signed. How do you think that will impact the results on Tuesday night? That was a lawsuit brought by a number of legislators and the Republican National Committee asking for the state to simply follow the law related to the counting of ballots and those that are disqualified or shouldn't be counted. So uh, that, I think, will make for a cleaner election. That would be my view is that uh, the law is pretty clear about those undated and unpostmarked ballots are not to be counted. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about polls. This late in the game, Jason, one from Emerson College has Hokel up eight on Zelda to New York. Can we trust the polls that are put out, especially by a lot of these left of center academic institutions? I think the polls are unreliable at this stage of the game. Yeah, how is Zeldin polling in New York City? I had a congressman tell me he is getting over 30% of the vote there. Is that true? Well, early on, he was getting 37%. By early, I'm talking about a month ago. That's probably going to tighten. But if he can break 32 35%, I think he's got a very good shot of winning this election. Yeah. Uh, Michael, no fewer than three presidents are going to be in your state tomorrow. Which former president, Obama or Trump, will help their party more? more when they barnstorm tomorrow as we head down the home stretch here. Both have strong followings among their base and both have turned out large crowds uh, historically. So it's hard to say ultimately, you know, who's going to make the difference. I think the one thing we know is that Joe Biden is not going to draw big crowds because uh, that's not been something he's done here in Pennsylvania or anywhere in the country. Yeah, he's not been on the campaign trail very much this cycle. Yeah. Uh, but I want to focus on some state races for just a bit. Jason, you've highlighted four state Senate races, because a lot of us f forget those down-ballot races, which are huge as well. You're highlighting four state Senate races to watch uh, next week. What are they and why? Yeah, that number's expanding. I mean, you know, it seems like the map is growing here in New York, so what started as four is, is, is rapidly spreading. And why we're focusing on the down-ballot races is because, remember, there's a Democratic supermajority here in New York that uh, prefers Governor Kathy Hochul's position on abortion extremism and other things. So I think it's important to remember that those votes do matter, not just what's happening in D.C. And we're watching the Hudson Valley in particular because that has been thought of as a blue district, but really it's looking like it may be swinging back towards Republican favor. Long Island is another uh, place where you're seeing Republicans locking up support. Yeah. And Michael, are Republican majorities in the state House and state Senate in jeopardy at all in next week's election? Well, you know, it's interesting because the, the redistricting that was done in Pennsylvania and really signed off by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and really devised by them gave an advantage to the Democrats in terms of uh, the changes that they did in the seats. But nevertheless, it looks like Republicans will likely be able to hold on to both the House 
House and the Senate here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then, you know, Jason, I want to just talk about that Senate race between Senator Schumer and Mr. Pinion. Who is this guy? Is that race even worth mentioning? Could that one close here in the final days? You know, I think it's a race that is of interest because it involves uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, but I have a hard time believing that the Republican Joe Pinion can really close those numbers. Uh, that being said, it is a decision of the voters, and if they think Senator Schumer has had enough time serving in uh, public office and they're looking for someone new, then Joe Pinion could be a good option for those voters. That's Jason McGuire and Michael Gear speaking with Family Life's Bob Price. You can catch up on each of the Family Life news features at familylife.org slash podcasts. Now time for your market report brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti. Stocks closing out a losing week with a positive day today. October's job report showing that the labor market remains strong. Normally, that would be great news, but there are concerns that it will mean the Federal Reserve will continue aggressively raising interest rates. Coming off of earnings reports, PayPal saw their shares plunge more than 10%, but recovered most of that before the session ended today, while Block surged more than 11%. Oil jumping 5%, closing at $92 a barrel. The Dow up 401 points, the S&P 500 adding 50, and the Nasdaq gaining 132. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more online at ambassadoradvisors.com. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to the 5 O'Clock Report on Family Life. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Hi, I'm Rob West with today's Money Wise Minute. That's an old Chinese proverb, and it's a good one. One step won't get you very far, but step after step after step can take you a good distance. Think about this in regard to your savings. Setting aside, say, $400 a month isn't a huge amount. But after a year, you've saved nearly $5,000. And what if you save $400 a month for five years? Assuming just 3% interest, you'd have nearly $26,000. Of course, saving requires discipline. You have to set a goal and follow through just as you would if you were taking a journey of 1,000 miles. You have to start and keep going step-by-step. Connect with a certified Kingdom Advisor who's been trained to deliver financial advice that aligns with your Christian values by visiting our website, moneywise.org. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. A balmy start to the weekend is upon us with high pressure set to deliver fair skies tonight and some sunshine tomorrow. Our next weather maker is a cold front. It'll arrive with some gusty breezes and showers Saturday night, Sunday morning. Cooler air follows heading into next week. For the night tonight, partly cloudy, mild and pleasant. Low temperatures in most areas will stay above 50. For tomorrow, warm and becoming breezy with partial sunshine. High temperatures upper 60s to the mid 70s. Cloudy tomorrow night into Sunday morning, couple of showers. Some sun later Sunday with high temperatures then in the 60s to near 70. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at five, neighbors helping a neighbor. Greg Gillespie reports on how a group of classic car enthusiasts fulfilled an elderly Ohio man's dream. 
Brian Backish has a 1965 Buick Riviera that he often would tinker with, but a friend dropped by and asked him when he was going to finish the restoration. He said, probably never, and I go, why? He says, I got a small pension, she got a small pension. We make the house payment, we buy groceries, we take the grandkids out. There is no money to paint this. The man's neighbor, Michael Damiano, told WKBN that he recruited members of his Youngstown area classic car club. Several members of the car club would gather Saturday Saturday mornings to sand and prime the car and eventually give it a shiny burgundy finish. The part-time projects stretch across three months, but this week, Backish had the car back, repainted and fully restored. These guys are great. They're great. So I wish it was a lot of people like them in this world. The East Palestine Car Club paid for the whole project. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Kudos to kindness. And that's the world we live in this 4th of November. Thanks for coming along. I'm Tracy Lynn, Family Life News.